I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. to the Inspired Evolution and it is such a treat here today because I get to bring to you the vibes from Carol Benson. Carol, how are you? I'm wonderful, Amro. How are you? For those listening in, um, she's got a vast array of professional experiences. Um, She's got certifications and trainings. Carol, she's uh, ventured out of the private sector as a licensed speech and language pathologist, um, a writer as a consultant. She's now moved into business in the last four years. Um, we share a bond. She's a Mind Valley certified trainer. Um, she's a facilitator of the San Francisco Mind Valley Group, as well as a, she's also a certified conscious business change agent. Um, Carol blends her creativity as a writer, author, speaker, consultant, and trainer to focus on upgrading businesses to become what she refers to as humanity plus. These, they become these drivers of change in areas such as engagement, transparency, communication, mindfulness, resilience, culture, team building, and the latest technologies of consciousness engineering. All this so fundamentally we can be extraordinary at work. Um, together, Carol with her life and business partner, Paul, those that are tuning in will remember that Paul's been on an episode. She's the founder of, uh, together they founded this thing called It Doesn't Feel Like Work, which is synonymous with the vision of the Inspired Evolution. I'm super excited to have you guys here today. Um, in terms of it doesn't feel like work, they coach, they speak, they've, they've co-authored a, a critically acclaimed book called Five Steps to Thrive, um, which is revealing any crisis as, a, as an opportunity. Really good read. And um, as conscious and business engagement strategists and happiness engineers, they teach business entrepreneurs and leaders how to go beyond mindfulness to become truly extraordinary in their business and in the rest of their lives. Um, amongst their highest core values, um, they basically make sure that learning is fun and engaging and transformational. And so if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, you definitely need to get in touch with them. They'd love to say ahoy. <laughs> but it's such a, such a treat to have you here today, especially based on what I was just sharing before and just the, uh, the alignment with, uh, yeah, the it doesn't feel like work. Tell us more about where that came from, Carol. Yeah. Well, it was it was interesting. Uh, we had decided we'd been together about fifteen years, and we decided that we really wanted to work together, blending our different areas of expertise. Um, we couldn't figure out what it would be, so of course we invested a lot of funds in consultants, coaches, programs, branding people, and everyone knew that we had what they we've heard repeatedly that we have the it factor so what's the it factor i don't know but it's the it factor whatever that is (laughs) and we're just saying we're just having fun and so we had a branding guy finally about two years ago in a conversation he was trying to extract okay what is your purpose what's your mission in the world how do you want to contribute and and i in conversation said (laughs) i want it 
to not feel like work for people. I want people at the end of the day to feel energized so that when they go home to the rest of their life, they actually can have a life instead of being so depleted or sitting in front of the TV or self-medicating in other ways so that they can have great relationships with their family or their friends and learn and feel vibrant and energized and have great health and enjoy life. Because it's all connected at the end of the day. It is. It is. And so... Our brandy guy, he said, that's it. It doesn't feel like work. And we checked, and it was available. And and at first, Paul was not sure, but I loved it. I was so happy. And, you know, after like a day or so, you know, letting it siphon through his brain and his cells, he just goes, you know, I love it. It's so reflective of who we are and how we can contribute and serve others in the world. Because that's what we do. We do that ourselves. Yeah. That's how we keep about. It's so incredible. So you've obviously been through, um, you know, I know Paul's in that and owned many businesses on his own as well, you know, and um, you guys have had some breakthroughs and also some really uh, like poetic failures as well, which I can't wait to dive into. But like, what was the what was the impetus? At what point were you like, I'm going to do something different? What was the, the, the catalyst that was like, you know what, I don't want it to feel like work. This work's so grinding me the wrong way or... Well, I know I can speak for myself since Paul is not here. I'm just going to talk about me, but I, I am a creative. I always have been. I was a marketing and journalism and fine, you know, literature in college. That was my major. And then I ended up going into more of the heady sciences because my parents wanted me to have a secure job. Right. So I, I, went into communication disorders and sciences. And in hindsight, it, it's been a gift. It's been a wonderful benefit because I understand evidence-based practices. I understand, I'm a neuroscience geek, so I can look at the way the brain works. I have a lot of professional experience and training in those areas, so I get it. I can tell you why mindfulness works. I can tell you why all the practices work. And I... I left um, that profession for a while and I was just writing and I even had a screenplay go around LA for three years and producers kept pulling it back at won awards, but it wasn't produced because no one, the whole market changed, the whole industry changed. And so um, I, I love writing and I'm creative. And I think that's what has really helped me in my life is that there's a problem or a hurdle. I just use my creativity. So a number of years ago, I had to go, I had to, yeah, I had to go back. Like someone forced me to do this, right? Into um, the clinical sector again, seeing clients and patients. And when I look back now, it was a gift because I learned a lot. I became pretty much an expert in both social and emotional IQ, because I was working with autism, ADHD, ADD, which I'm I'm in the Bay Area, so the Silicon Valley, like techies definitely need me, and I've worked with them because they don't know how to have relationships outside of work. They don't have a good sense of how do you collaborate on a team with engagement. It's really hard. So um, I hated, I really did. Well, I don't want to say hate. Let's just say I, it was so distasteful and I felt I felt like someone had put shackles on me and forced me to get in my car to go to see patients every day and clients. And even though I did my best, I showed up 100%, it did not feed my soul. And I would come home and I would be exhausted. I would be grumpy, exhausted. I had no creative juice, nothing. I just felt like this is this is a dead end for me. And you know, it, it's it's interesting because I had this grandmaster plan that I would exit the clinical sector this month. Oh. However, in December. I guess there was another master plan for me because that position ended. Uh, yeah. And and my first 
response was, wait, this isn't my plan. I'm waiting till May. Mm -hmm. But it was, no, yes, it it is your plan. It is the plan. Just roll with it. And I have to say, since December, what has shifted and changed and grown in my professional life as a consultant and a coach, off a chart. It's really incredible. (laughs) Yes. Amazing, because that's, um, I think, there's, a, there's, there's an essence of trust in what you're sharing. Um, yes. There's an essence of, of flow. Um, for those listening in, there's, there's some really incredible themes in the book that you've written. Um, the idea of balance is, 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 is a core cool one. The idea of flow is a big one. Abundance is one that I'm really challenged by, which is really incredible that I enjoy reading, reading about. Also, integrity and authenticity, um, the community and relationships, um, but also also taking action and all that just all that coupling into like helping you thrive which is really incredible um but you were were touching on flow and it's it's interesting how we have these master plans right like my intention with the podcasting was even i was going to do this for a couple of years before i left my job and started pursuing my creative passion and you know hopefully garnering like ideas and tips and tricks and habits and hacks from people like yourself that have got this for a long time to then be like, okay, cool, now I feel supported enough, like, mentally to be able to go do this. Right. I lasted about three months since the beginning of the podcast, which said, well, it's called the Inspired Evolution, and you know what your mission is, is to bridge out of, you know, that pain every day for someone else, but, like, living from passion in the heart. And... It just popped me out at the beginning the same time you said, you know, like December, right. that's it, and job done. <laughs> you know, it's like... That's right. And you just have to trust. This is a really you do. thing. You do. I, I know that when, you know, I've reflected on... I know when I was in, in the thick of it, I would try to convince myself, although I knew it was true, that I was serving people. I was serving kids in the work that I was doing, and I was making a difference for them and their parents in the work that I was doing, but it just felt too small for me. It just felt too small. And so I knew that my, if you want to say, I was being led by my soul, my purpose, my mission, and my values, all of it together is, no, I want to make a bigger difference. I, I want to reach more people, and I know that business is a driver of change on this planet. And that called me. That called me. How can I contribute? See, I love that. I uh, recently did a podcast with another friend of ours, and um, we were talking about how there's two different types of revolutionaries, in his opinion, which was there's those that are like they go out and they surf every day, or they go and they pray on a mountain every day, um, and that's just they're holding like this frequency or this energy of like, you know, completely detached. Um, Then there's the other kind of revolutionary that does surf and does go pray in a mountain, but then continually tries to bridge that for the mainstream as well. Right. The mainstream, uh, like, along to this thing. And right. Super inspirational because, A, it resonates a lot um, with all the work that I've been doing going around, like, guiding meditations and teaching meditations and mindfulness to all the communities here in Victoria and Melbourne. Um, but I just, I, I love the wisdom with which you, like, you guys put it so succinctly and so poetically again and again, even though it's written in the book, even the way, you know, you guys share it consistently. It's like it doesn't feel like work, you know. It's like conscious business change agents. Um, it's 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 really phenomenal um, to to just see the intention with which you're dialed in, but also like the consistency with which um, you bring that to the world again and again and again and again and again and again. How um what is what is the biggest um touch point do you think that people struggle with when it comes to, in your opinion, like the thrive factor or the conscious business factor? Like what is it that people have the most sticking point? Is there one that sort of surfaces to the top consistently? Yeah. Well, one thing that I've noticed is it, when I mention conscious business, I get the glaze over. <laughs> People's eyes go like, well, why? What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. What do I need? I mean, why? Why? And so, yeah, right. Well, what is the freaking purpose of this, right? And so 
when I look at some of the, the data out there, the research about engagement and how employees will come on board, especially in the tech industry, and they'll get trained and they'll stay at a place for 18 months and then all of a sudden they're looking. 50% of all employees are actively looking for their next job. Yeah. And disengagement is costing corporations and even small business owners a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. It's like $30 million or something in the U.S. alone. Mm -hmm. So, right, it's, it's like huge. It's a huge number. Um, that's shocking. So you have to go and look at, well, what is going on? It is not just about making a profit, right? It's not running a business. If you don't pay attention to your employees and what they need, and I think this is where my background really helps me is I'm developmental. So I look at what's a development for a person to get from point A to point B, and why would they want to stay with a company or business if they are not growing? It's all about growth. It's all about personal growth and skills, and so many people are underutilized. And I think the other um, touch point that I, I run into this with all of my clients mm -hmm. is the I'm not enough. <laughs> they have that going on big time, and they're, they're also comparing themselves to other people a lot. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And I mean, I know it. I can sp I've done it. And, and I do do it. Mm -hmm. it. And it's part of being human in this world, is this very richly scheduled world that we live in. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Full of advertising as well, which doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's um it's interesting because you touch on the same thing that I consistently um view towards, which is sustainability. Um, but not just sustainability, it's like sustainability in every essence of the word. It's like because That's I right. continually you know, like drive home the fact that it's you know, organizations are just an organization of humans, you know, it's literally like organized yes. humans coming together as an in an organized fashion. The greatest resource, to, to regardless of what you're putting together, whether it's banking, whether it's construction, whether it's engineering, right? It's the people, right? Right. And the sustainability starts with the people. Like if you can, yes. Sustainable, it's not about sustainable resources out there. It starts with absolutely, which is the human being. And then, as you as you alluded to, the disengagement and like there's you know just just wearing your human beings out as well. You know, it's like conscious businesses, yeah, really getting. I absolutely love that. How um, I think it's interesting because we're having this conversation about conscious businesses and you know, like just the language of you know what they like, what needs to sort of what needs to need is an interesting word. What we would like to see, I guess, be the change um, in the world. Um, how does that factor into like I guess languaging for businesses and then your past is like obviously the the languaging past and that you've got with language and all that sort of stuff. I have found that when I talk about your intentional focus and awareness mm. of what issues are going on, it's like you have to have an awareness of what's not working in your business. So the first thing is awareness. And then the second thing is, all right, so analyze it. What, where do you want to go? Like what would be your desired outcome? And then 
my job, what I like, what I like to do is I, I spot the gaps. And so I will look at, okay, well, if you're here and you want to go over here, there's a few things you're missing in just your own internal infrastructure. And, and so many people, like, they're not, they're not honoring their word. They're not speaking their truth. They're not in integrity. They're not being transparent financially or personally. And that's a big thing. They're not treating others with respect and honoring the differences in people as really just being human. And it's amazing to see the differences and welcoming them in instead of making someone wrong. And comparing. So if you look at someone and um, I mean, I, I have this client I'm working with right now. She's a woman. She has been in her dream job for about uh, eight, uh, about two years, about two years. And she is not moving up the ladder. She's seeing co-workers being offered all these other positions and she's being overlooked. And so I've been really helping uncover well, what is in her that's not showing up mm-hmm. because for her to really find her truth and find her authentic, authentic genius, you know, leverage her own genius, not, not, not to get those promotions, but to feel valued. So she has to create that own value system inside of her um, before any division leaders or managers will even notice her. And it's already, she's getting some different responses, even in her meetings by team, by co-workers. They're looking at her in a different way now. And she says it's like baby steps. Like she was so scared to act a different way. But once she started doing it, she's there's a freedom in her now i mean you could even see her when i know we we do zoom you know meeting because she lives um in another part of the world and her shoulders drop her shoulders drop it's like she's not stressed out and uptight anymore she's just seeing her way and it's really it's really it's super cool to watch that it is so that's, I love that you like the language is indicative of the internal infrastructure that you're yes. and then you can use that to spot the gaps and then go okay well maybe there's space for here to this tomorrow and this to change right internal infrastructure then can right. and impact um, how you interact with the world and obviously your business is a bit harder so why why business is it is it the, the pure and obvious is it because business has the greatest leverage to create the biggest impact. Business is the driver of change, from my point of view. Um, and it, you know, I, I live, I, I live in a in a country that is known for capitalism, and it's a broken system. It's not working, and it is uh, the the disparity between social classes, social economical economic classes right now are it, it's widening so you have to look at well what's broken what's not working anymore how come people have been overlooked and how can we include people in the mix so that they're valued i mean contribution is not just about philanthropic contributions yeah. from a financial point of view contribution is also treating people well and spotting something and maybe asking people that you're working with or working for you, hey, what are your dreams? What skill sets do you want to acquire in your life? I mean, where do you want to go? Do you just want to be here and in this position or do you have other things you want to do? And when they share those with you, to actually celebrate it and said, wow, I'm I'm going to... I'm going to support you in this. This is so great. So what skills, you know, hey, let, let's give you some more opportunities here to develop those skills. So instead of going into a scarcity mindset of, oh, no, I'm going to lose them, they're really reliable and they're, they're skillful to celebrate their growth. See, I think oftentimes in business, People are afraid to see anyone else at a different level in in the company or the small business eclipse them. That that competition mindset 
which is related to scarcity, I think. So I want to change that. <laughs> one entrepreneur at a time, one business at a time. I mean, it's like, there's another way here. <laughs> yeah, see, I find that really intriguing. And to be honest, I, I, I personally uh, shared this before in conversation. It's just, I find um, competition, uh, abundance kind of like a very interesting topic to, to delve into. Um, there was something that you, you mentioned that I have to flag before we go into that conversation, but it was just consistently you paired dreams with skills. Consistently yeah. paired dreams with skills, which, because that happens a lot. Like, we, I, guide through, I guide people through a lot of stuff, and it's like, yeah, like, let go of the present reality. Let's, let's visualize where you want to be three years, five years from now. Right. Initially, there's always this, like, what is the purpose of that? Like, why would I even dream? You know, it's, it doesn't seem grounded. And it's like, no, 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 take yourself out there. And then seek and feel what experiences light you up. That's right. What are the, the growth points? What That's right. That you garnish to become. That's right. And then what are the contributions that you had that really like make you feel like right? I, I can feel the self esteem in that. You know, so it's it's incredible. And you, I love the way you just consistently pair dreams with skills. Every time you mention dreams, you like skills, dreams, skills, dreams, skills. To really you do. That form of infrastructure. Well, you have to grow up. You have to ground it. You have to ground it within yourself. If You have to know where you're going. You have to know where you're going. I mean, you do. You have to know the steps to get there. And, and But the thing, the thing about having a vision, a future vision of three years or five years, is, and, and this is where trust that we were talking about earlier comes in, because it usually you, you might get those little sparkly gifts that show up for you, but they're nothing like you thought. Yeah. <laughs> but they're really satisfying. And wow, I never would have thought this was possible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Careful what you wish for, but then get blessed by it nonetheless <laughs> at the same time. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, I admit, I am a recovering control freak. I wanted to know how to control everything. And when... Once you realize that about yourself and you can laugh at yourself and go, oh, I'm trying to control the outcome again. Mm. Wow. When you see what shows up, when you just let it go and you just trust the process, you trust what is being given to you and showing you the way, a different route maybe than you thought you were getting there. But yeah, it's an interesting point in this conversation so we're talking about trust and we're about to weave into abundance and it's like almost trusting into that abundance it's like this really you know I think control and competition definitely like do have almost like a hand in glove relationship which you just alluded to and then there's like this trust and abundance and it's yeah it's it's definitely something that I sit and meditate on a lot um, if I may um, just the idea of competition because having recently just unplugged from the corporate machine and even my academics was driven a lot by competition. My uh, my performance in the workplace was driven by yeah. competition. And I can't even say that I hate to say it, but I thrive on competition, <laughs> you know? Like, I really felt like that. And it's taken this whole new paradigm to be like, I don't think that's, especially doing a lot of these interviews with a lot of people such as yourself, consistently the theme of abundance comes up, consistently. And it's like, can you bridge into this whole new paradigm of abundance? And it's like, but what happens to all the skills that I acquire being amazing at competition? You know, it's like trying to do the one-upmanship, the one-upmanship, the one-upmanship. Um, but you can like I can I can clearly identify that like to get one up on someone and pushing them down, and that is not healthy at all because we're actually all in this together. I totally see that. Um, but it's insidious how deep competition is programmed into us. Right. You like let like I can see face value that yes, this is something that needs to shift. But then when That's right. you like to focus on okay, where your attention goes, your energy flows, right? So if I'm like focusing on competition then it's like, how do I no longer focus on that? I guess focus on abundance. But when I think about abundance, right, this is and this is completely comes back to the dreams and the skills thing. I'm thinking about abundance. I, I literally see apples popping out of the net. You know, and just yeah. I find it really hard to to ground abundance in. 
<laughs> I I agree. I just moved a little bit to change to close my door because I hear people at home and I didn't want to do that. Um, so uh, abundance. I know. As you were saying that, I I had a thread of thought that kind of escaped me. If you want to just reboot that again for me, because it's control and competition. It's kind of yes. Okay. And then trust and abundance as these other two, um, as this other point. Right. Completely new, new point of reference. Um, oh, I know what I wanted to say. So if you look at what Humanity Plus is, right, what is a Humanity Plus business? What is conscious business? What is co-creation? It means that you're taking not just the individual moving up, you're looking at the whole. And if you are always thinking about others and how can you include them to grow? And I know when I was working um, as a speech-language pathologist because of the social language disorders that I was seeing, uh, the one area that always was just... It was there. The glaring absence of it in an individual was perspective taking. The ability to take the perspective of another person. I mean, you talk about empathy, but there are truly, truly people, especially the more um, the brain is involved, uh, oftentimes engineers. You probably have seen that in your profession that you worked in for a long time engineers are very heady so and because it is a sense of solo competition right as well as who's going to come up with the next best thing but it you're always coming from a place of i mean you don't mean to do this but it's like okay who's going to notice me am i going to be the one with the next best idea Am I going to eclipse someone else or can I beat my previous record? <laughs> right? We have that self-competition too. And so taking perspective of others, I, I think it's huge. It's a huge, huge, huge deficit that we do see in the Western world now. Because it's ego-driven, it's, it's always been about how much money, how much success, how much power. And power, it really causes you to pause and say, well, what exactly is power? Because power comes from yourself. It comes inside. It's not power over others. And in a conscious business model, it's more an internal wow, I want to show up and be authentic and be me and be seen and be, be visible and let my gifts shine and contribute. That's true power. And so that perception that people have that other people don't matter, that it's just their path on, on the career track that matters, I, I think that's really been a disservice to humanity. And it's also harmed our planet and the environment because it's all been about how much money. Can I get to that billion before my competition does? Mm. It's interesting because, as you were saying, perspective taking, it, it, it again boils back down to, for me, it was all about compassion. Um, and that's something that yeah. I've been working with some clients on as well. Um, and so it's interesting um, just that, that, that whole tuning into like just an awareness of what's bigger than you and beyond you. Um, right. But you, you articulated the, the, the rugs for competition really well. What advice do you have for someone in terms of looking to release and surrender that control? Uh, just just trust? Just <laughs> like tips on, yeah, the, tips on trust? Like guide? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, what's, what's true leadership? True leadership is not the top-down model of leadership does not work any longer. Yeah, there's a lot of models coming into shift, that isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Leadership it is really, you know, if I look at it from a, a more consciously aware approach to doing business in the now, mm. 
leadership is looking at each person in the company and how can you support them? A true leader will look at the people working for them or on their team and say, how can I support them stepping into their own leadership mm-hmm. skills? It's a very different way. It's developing and it's encouraging. It's not babying. It's just, hey, you haven't done this yet. You have an interest? Go ahead. Take a go at it. See what happens. Mm. I love that. There was a, something that's coming to mind, but I can't share it. So I'm going to. Um, yeah. Interesting. So, leadership. Um, who, who do you see as being like an inspiration for leadership in, in your mind's eye? Who do you see creative leaders and people that are leading by example or inspiring to you? Hmm. Well, is there any one person that I think is doing it perfectly? I'd have to say. No, because humans, uh, although it's perfect, I don't want to say anyone's imperfect, because if you're taking action in any way, there's a perfection to that. I I really like Richard Branson. <laughs> I think he's just so, and he's also, you know, he's kind of with my values of let's just have fun, right? Yeah. And. And he's just out there about and quite innovative and creative in his approach to doing business. When he has an idea, he'll analyze it, figure it out, and he'll he'll give it a go. And he has a knack for making the businesses work in a way. But I, I think he's he's really great. And then I can look at other businesses. Um, you know, I, I really do like Mind Valley. I think the business model for their headquarters and how staff interacts and uh, to me it is a conscious business. It, it is. It is. I mean, they are really doing, if you go down the checklist of what could make a business more conscious and aware, I mean, they're looking at how do you contribute? How do you allow each person to grow at their own rate and their own level and whatever skill sets do their dreams and work together and create that engagement and team mm-hmm. where you're, you're actually creating not just business alliances, but friendships that go deep mm-hmm. and to me, that's a that's a great model, and uh, and it works. It seems to be working as an example of a humanity plus, and they give back. They give back a lot too. Yeah. So the the thing that's coming up for me is that the future is fun. <laughs> so why what what is it? What is that? What is that? What is that mean for you? What does that really mean in terms of like Richard Branson, obviously fun, and Mind Valley, like you build these relationships, but you go to work with your friends, it basically makes it feel a lot like fun. I think it's circling back to that it doesn't feel like work. But where does fun fit in all of this? <laughs> Do you want to know professionally or personally? <laughs> fun as as both. Okay, so like um, leadership and then like embracing yeah like a lack of seriousness in and around that. Well. I am on a, I'm a co-facilitator of a, a local national association of wiz, wiz, women business owners, NABO, in the Bay Area. And I find that a lot of the women are corporate and they have that, it has to be done this way. And they have a seriousness to them. And I look at them and I'm going, no, I'm not doing it that way. So I'll be in these board meetings and I'll hear everyone is, you know, looking at the numbers and all that, which is important. It's important. But there's no laughter. There's no joy. And so I'm usually the one that gets everyone to laugh. I figure that's my gift. And it's not taking away from the seriousness of what we're discussing because it's usually important to the health of the organization in terms of fundraising and sponsors and all that. So we need to know the numbers, but there's another way to be. And I know when I talk to a group, I'm not going to get up there and go, 
okay, here's the data, and, you know, give some boring talk. I'm always looking, you know, for me, it's my nature to want to engage. Mm. Want to engage. Involve the audience. Get them to participate in a way. If I don't see that they're lighting up, that I'm missing it, that I'm not paying attention, that I'm not engaging them. So it's fun to do, to just see, to give it a go and to try it. And sometimes, and I usually, the feedback I get from people is that I'm approachable. Mm. They can't believe how approachable I am. And that makes me feel good because I don't want to be unapproachable. Mm. I want to be an asset to anyone who wants to have a conversation with me. So I just, I make it kind of my own little game. How can I lighten up this, this boring situation right now? And that's my own private little game. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> so that's how I bring it professionally. And, um, you know, just not being afraid to be seen as weird as I am. Mm. You know, it's like I used to be afraid for people to really see, oh, she's too weird. She's too out there. Mm. And and now I'm kind of like, well, yeah. what's going to happen if they think that? So that's perfect. Yes. I love that. Absolutely adore that. And uh, there's this thing that's coming out of that before you touch. Uh, Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Just those that are listening. <laughs> just the 10,000 people listening. <laughs> um, so if you ever see, if you're ever in a meeting with Carol, just watch her. <laughs> just wait. What's about to come? I might a little bit. The tension. I love it. Um, I have this. Uh, it was as you were sharing that um, the, the impetus to, to having fun. It was uh, something that clicked from the conversation before. Was you, you mentioned um, social and emotional IQ, um, and I think there's a bit, there must be a bit of a dance, or you know, between like bringing fun into like a serious situation in terms of um, cultivating your social and emotional IQ to be able to introduce it into that space. What's what does social IQ need to you? What does emotional IQ mean to you? Can you talk to that first? Social IQ means that you're paying attention to others around you. Mm. You know, professionally, I was trained to use um, thinking with your eyes. Mm. And, and I attribute that to Michelle Garcia Winner, who is the developer of social thinking out of San Jose. But thinking with your eyes is, it's brilliant because if you would, you know, we've all heard, okay, use eye contact now. Come on, make eye contact with your audience or, or your listener. And to some people, it made no sense because it makes you feel uncomfortable to have to stare at someone and make eye contact. But when you think with your eyes, it's implying that you're engaging your brain, your mind, your senses, your feelings, your empathy. You're engaging your whole body to listen. We don't just listen with our ears. We listen with all of our senses. Yes. So our body language, um, even olfactory senses, we listen and we engage with people. And when people feel that they are truly engaging you and that you are listening and receiving them, you should, I mean, that's when the beauty comes out in people. That's when the true juice comes out. It's not just the boring, oh, yes, I have to impress or be a know-it-all stuff that people in business and in the rest of their lives, they're just kind of stuck in that. How can I impress? How can I be the know-it-all? How can I get the last word in? But if you're thinking with your eyes, you're including the whole person, and you are staying very present with them. So that that's a simple way to go into social intelligence. I mean, there's many different levels, but if you're in a team meeting or you have to collaborate in a partnership, a diet, or a triad, how do you do that? Do your words just come out and run over someone else and cut them off when they're trying to get a word in edgewise? Mm. 
right? And, if, you know, that's a whole other thing if you look at introvert or extrovert, you know. I'm kind of like, I, I'm on a fine line of both. Mm. I lead with a two-point lead over my introvert part. Mm. So I have often seen extroverts not even notice that they just cut someone off. Yeah. Yeah. So... That, that's just a small portion of social intelligence, but it also goes with the emotional intelligence to feel mm. and to perceive what someone else is experiencing in the moment, to be aware. It comes down to the awareness again. Mm. I love that. Listen with, with your eyes and then obviously that dialing in your awareness and then exactly what you alluded to. So much, it's almost mysterious, but it's so much goodness comes out of just awareness. <laughs> you know, it's just the, one of the biggest um, takeaways from a book yes. in my life was um, Eckhart Tolle's um, The Power of Now. I don't know if read that one. All right, that's a great book. He, um, you know, brought to my awareness a lot of things, and then I started yeah. to up on a lot of this stuff. It was like, so what do I do now? Like, I'm aware, but like, I can't create 20,000 shifts. And once, you know, it's like this is what, and uh, near the end of the book, there's this really wise sort of con- like, conversations with himself, and it's like awareness is already the shift. Just relax now, because like, now that you're aware, that's right. it's already happening. And I think that's, that's right. a lot of people that are, they listen to the podcast a lot and they get in touch and it's like, oh, I want to work on this, I want to work on that, and you know, we dial into like, right. programs and we work on it. Right. And they get all inspired. And then they get hung up on themselves again because it's like I'm inspired, but I'm not taking the action that I should be. And it's like you're yeah. aware, you know. So try like a little bit of self love in there. Right. You can really yes. Because fundamentally, I liken it to the fact that if you know the stove is hot and you touch it once, it's like oh yes. But you're aware now. Now you're aware, and you, you do it. That's right. You might do it two or three times, and you might feel foolish for doing it so many times. But eventually, it's like the stove's hot. I've got that programmed in now. I don't need to touch it. Right, right. Creates the shift for sure. So, right. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, on that note, what like is there a book? I know I loved your book. Is there a book that you recommend? I am actually reading a, a book right now that I'm really enjoying. Um, I'm a, I'm a constant reader. I'm reading several books, but the one that's I'm reading right now, as, among other ones, is. Uh, it's called Opportunity, and it's by Evan Pagan. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. It, it dials down, you know, how to, of course, I love the word opportunity, because, you know, that's something that I'm always, okay, what's the opportunity in this sea change that I'm encountering? Because expect a change that that's a given in life right there things will always change and shift but what do you do with it do you shrink do you cower do you avoid it because it's too painful or do you just look at it and go hmm okay this is showing up in my life so i wonder what else is possible here and you don't try to figure it out and and guaranteed it will pop in it whatever it will be so that, that's a book that I'm really enjoying now. Oh, I think I have another book here. I'm actually rereading Wayne Dyer's um, Real Magic. Oh. It's an old book, but I, I'm rereading it again, and it's brilliant, Dr. Wayne Dyer. He's such a... <laughs> he is. He is. Um, just going back to the, the opportunity thing, um, I think that's really interesting because I'm... I haven't heard of that book yet, so I'm curious to read that one as well now. Um, but the idea of, I've noticed that in today's day and age, we're swamped with opportunity. Yes. Have you felt that? Like, especially in something like, you know, you talk about conscious business and, like, creating change. Um, once you step into, like, an entrepreneur, like, an entrepreneurial sort of space, it becomes actually the greatest skill set I can develop is to figure out which opportunity to pursue. Yes. So it's not like, I'm going to leave my job and then there's not going to be anything for me to do. No, I left my job and now there's like a calamity of things that I could be doing. Yes. Um, Yes. Which one do I dedicate myself to? Is kind of, yeah. Yes. 
the way I've always approached opportunities that come at you like that is you really have to come back to yourself mm. and you have to discern. You have to have a very good system of, you can call it a, a BS detector, like the flash is coming at you and going, hey, this is the carrot I'm dangling for you right now. This is it. It's sparkling and dangling. You should go for this because it looks good. But you also have to have a system inside of yourself to make good decisions. And in all decisions, there's a yes and there's a no. And you have to look at what's the weightiest part of that equation in the moment in making a decision about an opportunity, the yes or the no. So you have to discern. And you also have to see, is this in alignment with who I am, mm -hmm. my goals, my dreams, my purpose, my vision? Yeah. Or will it take me away from that so that I might be out of alignment? And you can tell, you know, after you practice for a while and you learn some skill sets, you can understand what you have a feedback system in your own body. I mean, there's three brains. We talk about it in our book a lot, and there's a lot of research on the mind brain, the heart brain, and the belly brain. And the belly brain is super important, and most people don't even pay attention to it. But it's brilliant. You know, like, I feel it in my gut, or you feel that contraction of, why am I feeling sick to my stomach? Or usually when that happens, I have to say, hmm, I'm out of alignment. Something about the situation is not in alignment for me. So then you can use your, your mind brain to kind of analyze and gather information. And then you can use your heart brain. Your heart brain is to like, okay, how does it feel? And if your, your gut brain relaxes, you know you're onto something good that's in alignment. And you just try but not be attached to the outcome. Love that. There's a whole chapter in your book, Five Steps to Thrive, on uh, the genuine you, which was super, super useful. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Which is who you yes. are. Um, which, yeah, yes. Which, yeah, reflected that really probably. So, thank you for reading it. No, thank, <laughs> thank you for writing it. <laughs> and um, getting us a copy. Um, I, um... I have another question, which is, uh, so I, I, I know you're going to get, I know you're going to get out of here, <laughs> but I have to ask you a question is, uh, mention this thing, which I found really, uh, surprising, which was, um, not surprising, but intriguing to ask a question on was, um, you mentioned that your, one of your greatest teachers are your children. Yes. Can you elaborate? <laughs> Tell us more about that. Oh, yes. Because... I learned very early on if I thought I was teaching them something yeah. and that was the only way it was going to be between us, I would have been missing a lot. So I looked at, especially during the challenging moments, I have two sons. And so my older one was particularly um, strong-willed, let's just say. Yeah. And he pushed my buttons mm. big time. And I had to really take to pause and to step back and go, okay, if I'm being triggered by this little guy right here, who's cute as anything, and he's smarter than me, probably, you know, I had to say that, like, this guy is off the charts, he's smarter than his parents. And I had to really reflect on, all right, if I'm being triggered, what's up? What's up with me? Yeah. What skill do I need to develop in myself to be able to not just manage and parent him, but to show up fully as myself, as a model, as a model for my son to see um, uh, being a strong woman, but not being a nag or a controller or trying to disempower him as a male. So I looked at how can I raise both of my sons to become empowered men, to grow into themselves. And all they need from me really is to know that I love them, I believe in them. And so I had to be so free of all my other garbage that got in the way of, well, why, why can't I get this kid to do what I want him to do, right? Mm -hmm. 
that's not going to work. Yeah, insightful. I, I love that, uh, the humility and the, yeah, the yes. deep thing that I learned, that was just the humility and the, and the, yes. the incessant passion to learn. <laughs> Even, yes. And, yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. How can I grow as a person? Yeah. Not just how am I helping them grow. I think we share a mutual addiction there. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> also, I, also, I keep telling myself too. <laughs> um, last, uh, not last question, second last question. If we could put a billboard in um, Times Square, New York, all that crazy fast-paced energy, bling, 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 blah, blah, what would your billboard say, your message? The billboard. Wow. Hmm. Well, it's been said before, but something something about um, live life to its fullest. Don't don't squash your dreams. Um, see the beauty, see the gift in every opportunity that comes your way, even if it's not pleasant in the moment, because there's a gift in there somewhere. So maybe it's see the gift. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, my last question, by no means my least question, is um, it's esoteric in its nature. So beyond the skin suit, beyond Carol Benson, author, speaker, coach, trainer, um, business coach, business mentor, um, beyond the mother, beyond the partner. Um, who is, who are you? Who am I? Hmm. Oh, I am a very open-hearted, loving person who believes in the best of people. And I want to see the best in others show up and develop. And I'm supported by knowing that I'm not alone in this mission that there is a higher power that is my primary relationship with me and if I forget that for a moment I'm off center and I know with Paul when he and I met he had the same thing going on so his primary relationship was with a higher source and so was mine so when we came together we have this whole other thing going on between us that's pretty pretty beautiful. But I believe that um, love is all there is. I mean, that, that's the crux of everything, and, and that's really, that's what feeds me. That's how I try to show up in the world, and believe me, I'm not always perfect in being the most loving that I can be, but that that makes me feel good. That is really what who I am as a being is love, love. It's probably the best way to describe it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. Thank you. That was very fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and then also just, you know, just the wisdom like you've been sharing over the last almost uh, now and now and uh, consistently, you know, like our interactions at Mind Valley during our um, during grade certified and all that sort of stuff. Um, just, you know, really grateful for just the energy that you do bring, the fun vibes and, you know, just the lightness that you consistently obviously cultivate but also so willingly and abundantly share. Um, and not just through yourself, but also through Paul and just the, the bond that you guys have is such a blessing to, to be connected to and just to to be around, and then also, you know, everything that you, your vision, everything that you're contributing to coming to going forward, as well with the conscious impact that you want to have on the planet for humanity plus, it's not just about you, it's about all of us, and, you know, I'm just really, really grateful for all that work you've been doing on yourself, or all that you share now, and all that you will become as well, so thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Love you, Karen. Love your message. Love your vibe. And so for those that also love your message, love your vibe, and looking to get in touch, what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? They can email me at carol at itdoesn'tfeellikework.com. Cool. And that's carol with a C-A-R-O-L. O-L. It 
doesn't feel like work. <laughs> Mitch, if there was any inspiration, go to it. <laughs> I love that. I love right. That. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Hey Tribe, thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.